Welcome to the Beautiful Souls Podcast with your host, myself, Danielle Cadwell. I'm an Olympian author, speaker, and coach, and I'm here to dive deeper into all things mindset, manifestation, mission, and yes, some meditation. In 2013, I was an unfit, concussed, and massively self-conscious synchronized swimmer when an opportunity arrived that was well beyond my wildest dreams to begin training for the next Olympic Games. I was terrified. However, I decided to take the biggest leap of my life. I went all in, moving from Canada to Australia and dedicating my life to my sport. On this journey, I made a vow to myself. If I could do it, if I could really make my wildest dreams come true, I would spend the rest of my life sharing what I had learned to help others do the same. So beautiful souls, this podcast is where I fulfill my promise. We'll talk about everything from the energetics of manifestation and the power of self-worth to mindset cultivation and how to step up and into your soul mission. You can think of this time together as kind of like a soul spa, where together we will wash away your fears, massage you with some truth and some love and spruce you up on the insides of some spirituality. So, are you ready to be rejuvenated from the inside out? Matilda Carroll is absolutely freaking juice on legs. Oh my God, that's going to be my new statement, juice on legs. Um, I sat down with one of my beautiful friends, um, Matilda Carroll, who is so many incredible things. And we talked about life and death and transformation and resilience and mindset um, and so many incredible things about her life um, being born in Burma and moving to Australia and basically her a bit of her journey of how she was kind of like living a regular life and she realized she wanted more and deeper and shifted from being a naturopath to on this incredible path that she's on now. She she was recently on Netflix's um, series, Too Hot to Handle, uh, on this current season and the next season as well. And she is probably one of the people in my world that has so much wisdom and so much knowledge. And it's just always incredible having conversations with her. So I think that you guys are really going to love this. It is a bit of a longer one, but honestly, strap in, listen again. There's going to be some juicy nuggets, wink, wink. Um, And let me know if you enjoy it and go and follow Matilda. All of the details are below. I hope you guys make the most of this. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Beautiful Souls podcast. We have a very special guest today. I told you I'd get my podcast voice on, okay? <laughs> Matilda is laughing at me. I have Matilda Carroll here, who is a beautiful friend of mine, but also an epic human being. And like we were talking about before we started here, like I'm like, how do I describe you? <laughs> um, because I don't, it's like feels like an injustice to put you in a box of an explanation, um, but I'm going to do my best. So Matilda liberates mind, body, and spirit and sexuality in order to help people live their most in their most authentic power. And she's an expert in shamanic medicine, breathwork, tantra, and on top of that, she's also a naturopath. Like anything else you want to add? Many, many facets of Matilda Carroll, which I always struggle to explain, but always shape-shifting into many different things. But my background has been in wellness, in naturopathy. I've been a naturopath for the last 13 years, which has allowed me to delve into many parts of the human psyche and body. And I think the part of me that consistently wants to learn about 
the human experience is what's allowed me to go deeper and deeper, which has led me into living in the Amazon and studying with um, indigenous tribes and also going into other things like Vipassanas and living in a monastery and like being in on islands and traveling around the world and I think it's just my constant curiosity to want to learn about cultures yeah. and how humans live life and why why they do the things they do you really I, I've <laughs> noticed that ever since I've known you you're such like a learner like I think I even re- I was like this year or last year I was like oh yeah you should read this book you'd love this book and I feel like two days later you're like yep I read it already like you're just <laughs> like always learning and I love that about you but also you go deep into the Amazon and do all the Vipassana and all the inner work but she was also on too hot to handle guys <laughs> as an expert not as like a contestant not as a contestant <laughs> Um, Not that there's anything wrong with that. That's fine. Um, Which is on Netflix. Um, So, like, where did this all, like, begin? I feel like there's so many areas that we have to go to today. And it's like, it is really an injustice. There should be about, like, 15 podcasts to, like, do you justice for everything that you know and are. But, like, where did all of this start? Because I feel like in your young age, you've lived, like, 25 lives. I'm actually quite old also. You're not old at all. <laughs> when I tell people the things that I do, then they're surprised how, how old Like, you've old expanded time, I feel like, in what you've done in the past, like, 15 years to, like, yeah. it's incredible. I think it's the constant, some, there was a large period of my life where I felt like it was a full-time job, like, working on myself, and I feel so fortunate where I was in situations, whether I was financially supported or just different things and manifestations and different teachers came into my field where I was able to continually dive into those places and I think since I have been young I think my mum as maybe all mums say it but my mum said I was a very magical child she doesn't say it about my sister (laughs) hopefully sorry sister but yeah like I feel you always have people who are known as like old souls and people who are new souls and I feel like Although I've done so much in this lifetime, it's been a culmination of so many lifetimes and all the Mm -hmm. knowledge that I'm able to tap into um, and all the lives that I've lived as well. And I think from, like you said, like I've always loved studying and I think I'll always be an eternal student Mm -hmm. because there's always so much to learn. And I think that's the beautiful part of traveling and meeting people and I think meet my big uh, gift that I guess I get to have is meeting people where they are whether it's the person at the shopping center or the person behind the counter or meeting a high level celebrity like everyone has a story and Mm -hmm. I think it's being able to be fascinated by the human experience and how people have gotten to where they have and through that and even in the magic of the mundane like people can teach you so much stuff and it's being able to humble yourself to learn from literally everyone that you come across Mm. because everyone lives such a different life and the experiences that someone has is so different to your own Mm -hmm. so there's literally something you can learn from everyone you meet and it's not allowing yourself to I guess judge and I guess that's like a, a strength that I have. I, I just, a common thing people say, they're like, you're just so not judgmental. And I just was like, everyone is where they are or doing the things they are doing because of the life experiences they mm-hmm. have. And whether you judge, whether you deem that to be a good or bad thing, like 
everyone like I really love watching serial killer documentaries <laughs> because I don't believe that anyone is born innately yeah, evil right. and they always have some story that's mm-hmm. led to the way they like we went and watched the Whitney Houston movie the other night and it was amazing and it was so fascinating mm-hmm. that she kind of was this incredible superstar but she had such a fascinating life that I think most people will never see or understand mm-hmm. and whether you're Whitney Houston or you're just Joe Blow down the road like there's stuff that's happening behind the scenes for a lot of people that you don't necessarily get to experience so it's like meeting everyone as their human soul and being like they've gotten to experience the things they have in their life and having compassion for that mm-hmm. as well well I think that that's one thing that you're really good at because so I remember when I met you and I was guys I was in okay I would this is a few years ago and I feel like I have grown so much I feel like you yes. helped me <laughs> thank you as like a marker for my own growth because I remember when I met you and I was so intimidated of women like yourself because that was something I hadn't accepted in myself yet right um so I, I remember I was like you, we've met in Bali um, and Ubud, had a cacao, we're having a cacao now, <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, who is this magical, mystical lady? Like, if you, if you guys haven't seen Matilda, go follow her on Instagram, like, she has beautiful tattoos, and like, just, but like, you you can probably intimidate a lot of people when you first meet them. I remember, like, that happens to you often, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But you're so lovely and you're so like, you're, you treat everyone the same, like in a positive way. That's one of the things I've noticed about you. Like, and you've met so many incredible people, but it's like, I really see that in your own embodiment. Like no one's better than anyone else. Right. Um, and it's beautiful to see you live that, but then also have all these like magical experiences, but also know that like we can learn just as much from the guy that picks up our trash as we can from, you know, Wayne Dyer. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) And you literally have met Wayne Dyer, so <laughs> I have. <laughs> you can you can say that, right? Um, on that, you said you were a magical child. Like, did you? Your mom said, "Well, we're gonna put Matilda out there as a magical child." Um, like, do you have any like mystical memories from when you were a child of like you know that kind of trickled into the life that you're living now? Yeah, so I was raised in Burma, which um, is called Myanmar now, for those who are unaware of it. It's next to Thailand, and it is. It's one of the birthplaces of Buddha. It has a lot of religious aspects that are involved in the country, and it's a very magical land as it is. Um, I believe that I was born there for a particular reason. There's a lot of oppression with the feminine there, and as I sort of grow more into the person that I am I understand why the energy of the land raised me Mm -hmm. and (laughs) my mum used to tell me these stories as a three-year-old she said I used to go to these two older ladies she said I didn't really hang out with children my age whether there were were children around that age or not but she said I used to hang out with these two older ladies who lived down the road and they were kind of like I don't know what you want to call them, like spinsters or hermits or Mm. women who, I guess they were highly educated so they didn't hang around with many other people. Yeah. And I was the only person that they would see. So I would like walk over to their house, go have tea with them. Really? Just as a three-year-old? As a three-year-old. Like they told my mum, this might sound weird, but they said that in my past life that they were my kind of like my keepers. 
like my nannies. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I would spend time with them and they were just kind of like these wise women. So it was fascinating that even as a child, these wise women would... Yeah like surround me and look after me and then they wouldn't fraternize with anyone else but this little child yeah like the old soul in you is like these are my homies like these are my people yeah and I think they I think I was a child and they looked after me in like another lifetime but all these fascinating things then then when we left Burma I think I was about seven um I couldn't there was some energetic thing that wouldn't allow me to leave and my parents just kept having roadblocks and like things that wouldn't allow them to leave the country and this is I want to say it sounds weird but these two ladies told my parents that they needed to go like drop a piece of gold at this temple oh really which my parents were like we're willing to do anything because we've just wanted to leave um and go to Australia and so they went and did that and they I guess gave some prayers for the country to allow me to leave and and then, then, everything... then it, everything cleared and we got through and then we went and lived in Australia, which I'm super grateful for, for being the person that I am. I know like Burma is a very oppressive country and that was the main reason why my mum wanted to move there because she said, if I grew up there, it was me and my sister and she just was like, the only thing I ever want for my girls is to live a liberated life where women get equal rights and yeah. opportunities and have their opinion and and in Burma that would have been a very highly likely like at that time Mm. women weren't even allowed to go to university or have an education so Mm. I see the magic and beauty of why my my mum and I'm so glad she pushed I don't think my dad would have ever left but Mm. she pushed so much for us to be raised in Australia which I'm so grateful for and now is a part of I guess what I support women with as well yeah have you been back to Yeah, Europe? I've been back a few times. How did it feel going back? <laughs> it's interesting because you kind of put yourself in a place where how would I have been if I had totally, stayed here? Right? And it was yeah. quite upsetting for me because it's, if anyone knows Burma, it's similar to the vibe of, I guess, places like Thailand and Indonesia where there's a lot of prostitution, there's a lot of suppression of the feminine divine energy. And I just was like, Perhaps that would have been my path. Yeah. Like, I don't really know. Like, maybe that would have... I don't think my parents would have allowed that, but that's a possibility. It's a yeah. timeline that I could have lived where I didn't have opportunity. I didn't have the ability to have the expression that I do in life, the the way that I get to, like, show up in the world mm. or support other women. Like, I could have ended up, say, like a cleaner or... Not that there's anything wrong with that, but there's just the opportunities. Like, I wouldn't have been able to go to university. I wouldn't have been able to study. I wouldn't have been able to just support people the way that I do. And being back there was a real eye-opener and real just deep gratitude to my mum for just pushing for us to leave because they left everything. Like, they weren't allowed to bring anything to Australia. Really? They literally came to Australia with $60. Wow. um, A lot of countries in in um when there's changeover of qualifications it was like my dad was an engineer but in australia his qualifications didn't um counted yeah so it's like going from quite high level jobs to lower level yeah working on a ship as Mm. a deckhand or things like that so yeah i'm really glad that (laughs) that they kind of risked all the all those things in life to give us a better opportunity yeah 
that's like I think about that with myself like even though it's Canada is totally different obviously than than Burma but like I whenever I go back I'm like imagine what my life would have been if I never made the leap to move here like I would know Luca like I wouldn't be an Olympian I wouldn't be all of these things because of just it's like a uh it's like a decision point in our lifetime line you know and it's like you go left or you go right and it changes everything and there's like a ripple effect and it's just so fascinating to see who we could have become but then it's like I don't know but then this is a question of like fate and destiny versus like would you maybe in some magical way would you still have ended up this this person or like as you were always meant to be her or was it because of that what do you th- I was having this, <laughs> this conversation recently with someone do you believe in that like do we have free will versus fate I've gone down this rabbit hole a lot and I personally believe and I've gone into journeyed into this is that we live out all timelines regardless of the decisions that we make so somewhere on a timeline exists a little matilda that stayed in burma living out her life doing whatever Mm. it is that i ended up doing and then like there's a timeline where the Matilda that didn't break up with her boyfriend in yeah. 2018 <laughs> yeah. and then I'm still with him so I believe like we're living simultaneous timelines where there's a part of us that made the other choice it's just the the reality that we're choosing to be in right now can we ever release ourselves from the other timelines like do those other timelines hold us back you think no I just think they're just playing out there's different timelines playing mm-hmm. out and if we choose to jump in and out of them there's simultaneously infinite number of timelines playing out at a particular time yeah and I think that's where we go to in our dreams as well there's other timelines where yeah. we're different people and yeah with different partners and living yeah. in different countries well that's even like in quantum physics theory basically like every decision has an alternate reality so there's like yeah. trillions quadrillions of like timelines playing out of all the other possible realities but it gets a bit much like <laughs> it start is. thinking about it like there's me that had a cow today and there's me that didn't have a cow or you know like yeah but I think it's also fascinating to think at like the potentiality of our life basically you know and and I, I I don't know like do you think that you can jump timelines from one to another yeah I feel like we touched on this this topic the other day we were in the car which is what led to us wanting to have this yeah, podcast. Like, Come on, podcast but I feel like we're having mini deaths all the time every time mm. we make a choice we shift timelines so within a day if you're making like I wouldn't say massive whether it's having a coffee not having a coffee or going a particular way to work or an alternative way to work there's these little mini deaths happening that are shifting timelines but that's why if we choose to keep these monotonous lifestyles that we do where we're literally just chasing ourselves on the hamster wheel then not much is happening and that's I guess when they say like my life is magic because every day is different Mm. I wake up and there are particular things that I do that are consistent but then there are other things where I'm like today I'll go to the beach and obviously it's over time where I've allowed myself to be able to have the freedom to live such a liberated life in the same way that you and Luca do like so one day you're living in this country and then mm. another day you guys are going to New Zealand next New week. Zealand yeah so it's like you're in a different environment you're with different people and only when we are allowing ourselves to do these things these different 
Like that's why it feels like I've done so much in my life mm. because there was a moment where I was living in a different country every month mm. and I was like my whole intention around it was I got to this point where I just was like, I want to walk down streets that I've never walked down before. Yeah. I want to have a different experience in my body. I want to talk with people. Yeah. Like that's, that's both of us have lived in Bali before and the magic of Bali is there's so many different people that walk different like ways of life and they have such fascinating jobs mm. and you meet these people and you're all everyone's like how did you get here to the place because generally with Bali they had to give something up and they had to travel yeah. and they really had to learn a way like living in Bali isn't like living anywhere else you really have to adapt <laughs> to yeah. being there so you have to have a particular mindset to be there as opposed to a lot of like large constructed cities where there's a lot of like nine to five living and having the house and having the family and that's I guess some people's choice of what they want but it's there was a large moment in my life where I just was like is this really what I want Mm. and I really had to deconstruct all of that to be like if the monotony, is it really my choice? Like, do you want the monotony as opposed to the... Not necessarily. It was more... I had, I had a really deep medicine ceremony and I broke down all these parts of my conditioning. Was It was like, do I even want to be married? Like, mm. is it something that's been implanted in my brain or do I even want to have kids yeah and allowed me to come back and call back my power and be like this is my choice and Mm. if I choose to have kids it's because I want to have kids Mm. like I meet a lot of people who have kids and unfortunately (laughs) they're not enjoying their life yeah 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 I want to be able to get to a point where I'm just like I'm having kids because I choose to I'm consciously calling that in or I'm consciously choosing to have a partner not because I'm settling because my parents want me to be married or society tells me I should be married by now and it's difficult like both of us are back in Perth and I grew up in Perth and yeah. you've spent a lot of time here as well and there's a lot of different energy where I'm technically one of the only people in my friend group that doesn't have a partner or isn't married and yeah. I've lived the life where I've owned a house and had the cars and yeah did the nine to five and I had a really like high level corporate job and I got to a point just going so deep into the different modalities that I did where I just was like, I don't want any of this. Mm. And then I sold everything and traveled for five, six years. Mm. Now I'm back in a space where I'm like, I feel I kind of want some foundation. Yeah. But it's having that duality of the experience of experiencing the world, like yeah. outside of the bubble that you live in. Yeah. And there's so many experiences and there's so many people and you get to, you're not having this straight mind set of this is how life is yeah of course because i know joe Dispenza talks about that right like you wake up you do the same thing on the same side of the bed you eat the same thing you drive the same way to work and it's like you never allow space for miracles but then where does it but i guess this is where like you know we come into the balance of the masculine and feminine energies because i know when i've had no structure at all i feel like i'm (laughs) fucking gonna float off into the ether right like and it's just like it's all it's like almost gives me anxiety but then if i have too much then it's like i don't allow space for any magic to happen like how do you how do you balance that i think this is where coming back to perth has really supported me and that definitely happened to me when i was originally living in perth i was very in my masculine i lived a corporate job yeah, like, like the meal yeah. prep and the 5 a.m. Totally. gym and the Sunday, <laughs> like, Sunday I, weekend. I was very in the doing and driving and getting shit done and just pushing my body. And that led to a lot of, like, 
physical illnesses I had adrenal fatigue and my body just kind of was like no Mm. and then I swung the pendulum and ended up in Bali where I was too in my feminine and wish-washy and yeah. self-caring all day <laughs> right which is great a good life like yeah. no one gets anything done but, but it's beautiful <laughs> I had no container I had no structure and then that gave me like you said it gave me more anxiety yeah and what I realized was I'd always had really strong masculines in my life that created that structure for me mm-hmm. so I had really strong um, partners who would contain the immensity of my feminine energy but when I didn't have that I just was like how am I going to learn to actually contain that and a large process and path that I went down in Bali and over COVID was going quite deeply into Tantra and a large um, philosophy and part of Tantra is finding inner union I guess a lot of people think it's like red Tantra is a lot about sexuality and how you're interacting with the other but a large part of Tantra is actually finding the union within your own inner masculine and feminine Mm. and I've had to do a lot of practices where I've been like when I was filming Too Hot to Handle I was in quarantine for a very long time and no one was around me and I had to I was having quite (laughs) intense breakdowns as I do um with the filming and just being isolated from people was the first time I'd left Bali as well and I didn't have anyone around me to support me through this process and I was having calls with one of my mentors and we were just doing this practice of calling in my inner masculine. And I think a lot of people aren't balanced in themselves. That's why they're always searching for someone outside of them Mm. to provide that, whether it's a guy that's looking for his partner to provide the feminine and the magic and the joy and the magic of life Mm. um, for someone that may work a lot. Um, And then for a woman to to have a man provide the structure and the action and the doing and the leading and like if you have that within yourself you can play out a really beautiful dance Mm -hmm. but if you're looking for that and then when you're by yourself and you can't provide yourself that Mm. then that's what we call a codependent relationship (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely which so many people slip into and like that's been something that like me and Luke have been navigating recently of like finding I was so much more in my masculine and he was in his feminine and we found like a dissonance in our relationship where it's like energetically and in our intimacy it was like there was just it was just a jarring and so there's been this shift of like okay I'm calling him to rise so I can soften but in that I like it's so interesting being like a woman like running a business and wanting to make an impact and helping people because there is a level of masculine that I need to have. Yeah. But then it's like outside of that, when I turn off, I have to soften. Yeah. And that had that, I mean, I feel like for most women, that's the challenge is like the softening. And then I, th- I think sometimes when you soften, then you go too far and then you have to bring yourself back. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Balance. You go to Bali and you live in Uba and <laughs> then have to bring yourself back. Um, how do you balance that? Cause like, I know that you, like you help clients and you run a business. Like how do you do that in business? I think it's in business, what I've discovered for myself, which isn't necessarily for everyone, is my feminine actually needs to lead. I think there was a large Mm. part of me that felt like I need to be more masculine, I need more structure and through different um, sessions and practices that I had with my mentor what we figured out was my feminine actually wants to lead and Mm. all my masculine needs to do is action it. And there was Mm. a lot of things where I was finding challenges and blocks in my business because she just was like in charge of the show. 
Mm. And she just was like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> and I was trying to do all the things where I was like, I need to have this new program and I need to do, it's kind of like it was the shoulds around mm. the things that I felt I needed to do because everyone else was doing, but it wasn't a part of my true essence or my true alignment of what I wanted to bring into the world. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a great thing for a lot of people to recognize within themselves. If they're trying to do something and it's just not flowing mm. and it's not happening, you have to really ask yourself, is this like in my truth and is this in my alignment? Mm. Otherwise, like you should be in joy when you're doing it and you shouldn't be yeah. like this struggle to like, push up the river to get it done yeah yeah. so when I just found things that I really enjoyed whether like right now I'm moving more into a space of like my feminine just wants to be in ritual and ceremony Mm -hmm. and be with other women and that's where I can feel it in my body right now like Mm -hmm. I'm so happy in that space and there's so much flow there's no part of me that feels stressed but then it's shifting into my masculine to actually action those pieces Mm -hmm. and all he needs to do is my feminine leads, and this isn't necessarily with everyone, some people, their masculine leads, but my feminine just leads and she's like, I want these things done. And then my my masculine has to just, all he needs to do is action it. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. It, that's a beautiful <laughs> way of putting it. I really like that perspective. But then when you said about like pushing uphill, which I totally get, because it's like, if you're pushing shit uphill so much, it's like, is there a misalignment there? But what we were talking about the other day, I was like, resilience in people and this is like I feel like we had a really passionate conversation in the car and it's 333 um (laughs) very large on my screen about like how I feel like I had okay so wait let's go back to the root of this the reason that this came up is because Matilda a few weeks ago said on Instagram I'm doing this gut cleanse does anyone want some and I'm like so down I'm like yeah here I love pooping like it's so great and (laughs) I love pooping also it's a very favorite topic of mine so I mean you're a naturopath so like this is you know tell me about your poop yeah let's talk about it let's talk about how clean it is um and so she was sharing about how yeah this she had this product and so then I got some from her and then me and Luca started first day um I was reading the reviews and everything and everyone's like oh yeah it doesn't taste good I'm like okay whatever right like it doesn't so taste good one of you reading reviews <laughs> I do that I, I do love to read a review because I like to know what I'm getting myself into but then I'm like I feel like any healthy thing that you take like you know what whether it be like a health shot or whatever it like never tastes good that's fine I'm not here for the taste like I'll go drink something else I'm here for the benefits so I was like okay it's not gonna taste good but then I tasted it and I was like damn that really <laughs> tastes horrible and then Luca tastes it and he almost threw up and then <laughs> Luca does this thing if he doesn't like it he gets really angry and so then he was angry I was like you don't need to be angry at me he was like that's horrible no one should ever have created what, that, that <laughs> I know right um and he was just like angry at like how it was even allowed to be like a flavor he's like that's not wild berry anyways and so anyways we've been doing this cleanse kind of at the same time and um and then for me, it's just like, okay, I'm just going to fucking get it done. I'm just going to get it done. And I'm just going to, and Matilda's like, you have to put like flavors in it and stuff. I'm like, no, I'm just going to chug it. And I feel like that's like a bit of my resilience that I built up being an athlete and going to the Olympics where it's just like, you just, just get it fucking done. And some people don't have that within them, but I know that you have resilience in you because you love to put yourself in the, like the, the arena of death in like, a, in, in a um, metaphor way. Um, and literal. Yeah. Sometimes. Tell me about what you think about resilience. I know that's a very broad question. 
I think just more in context to what we were talking about, I think. In piss. For people that have followed me, I've had some rants about this product. It's called Ultimate Fiber. It's, I, I'm not like shouting it out in ways of affiliates, but it actually is like the most, it has this magical like uh, consciousness. I feel, yeah. and it takes people through such an experience. And even listening, I've not heard that story about Luca, but even in the sense of, I was just like, wow, that's bringing up trust issues in him. And this yeah. product, I don't know what it is. Like, I don't know what it is. It brings up so much in people, yeah. whether whether it's anger or distrust or just there's this magicalness about it. And we've spoken about the orgasmic poos. Like, <laughs> I literally feel like it binds to your trauma in your gut and yeah. carries it out. And it's taken me through so much like emotional because I feel like there's so much emotion that is carried and stored within our gut and because it's working its magic in there and it's binding to it and carrying out it's like as it um binds to it and we're moving it through we're actually reliving almost the Mm. the past traumas and the past things that we've had to experience that have like lived in our gut yeah reopening yeah so like what I've spoken to because I have so many clients on it and they they send me different types of voice notes about how they don't want to continue it. And I love that you just like laugh and you're just like, ha There was something that we put up where I'm like, there is, is that the resilience part of both of us. We're like, we just do the just damn do it. thing. Just yeah. do the damn thing. And I've had to have a lot of compassion for people because a lot of people don't have it. And what we ended yeah. up chatting about was there's this element of like, not that this product takes you to death, yeah. but there's this part where we go into this space where if we've been in circumstances where I reflected to you, I said, I couldn't fathom having to swim upside down for like hours hours on end. (laughs) Like, I feel like that's my worst nightmare. That would really like, I struggle. I had a friend who does handstands and he's like, why don't you like doing handstands? I said, there's a part of me that feels like I'm going to, fall on my head and my head's going to crack open and die. And that sounds extreme, but there's these elements of the things we don't do in life because there is an element of death, whether it's Mm. being scared to catch planes or Mm. I had a friend who was scared of loose hair, (laughs) which sounds weird, but I did a session with her and she said that when she was little, a piece of loose hair went into her throat Ah. and she actually choked and thought she was going to die. So Ah. a lot of the things that we choose not to do in life has this, it stems, whether you're scared of spiders, if you track it, they all stem to a, a fear of death. Yeah. And then it is the thing that stops us doing a lot in life. Yeah. But if we're able to continually face these parts of ourselves whether it's a big thing or a small thing like yeah. i wouldn't recommend just like jumping in and yeah like be smart jumping into there <laughs> be smart yeah. don't do smart things don't do things that are gonna don't put you jump in danger in, yeah don't little jump things like yeah. little things whether it's just like having the ultimate fight like, yeah or just like public speaking that's a big thing for everyone like yeah. i don't like doing podcasts and that's I the know, thing that i've let, let in like led into that edge because i guess there is like you're not going to be like I'm going to podcast is going to lead to death, but there is a part of me on a metaphoric level where being exposed and having people see me and having mm. people hear me, I guess, in this circumstance is 
is so fearful for me that it's likened to death mm. and that's why there are more there are more people that are scared of public speaking than death and it's mm. like a actual thing that they've studied yeah. <laughs> like wow, people would rather really? die than do public speaking that's so funny because it's like i have no fear of public speaking yeah. like, I'm out, so i'm like give it to me i like thrive off of that shit but i like doing hard things like yeah. fucked up like that you know and like all majority of my life i've just lent into these certain things where it's deep levels of medicine yeah. or um long time like i've done like a month of a person where i've had to be in silence in it's like your body is in agony you did a month team. long yeah for those people that don't know what vipassana is vipassana is like a silent, um, meditation. silent meditation retreat so you can't talk you can't look at people in the eyes and you meditate about 12 hours yeah. a day yeah <laughs> um and so usually it's 10 days long but of course matilda likes to do hard things um so that's 30 days that's a long time yeah and it takes you into a space of like technically death and then I've yeah. done like a darkness retreat where you're just in pitch darkness for a certain amount of days and you, you face yourself in those moments and then I guess doing things in normal, deemed normal life it's not doesn't seem so scary anymore. Yeah. It's like like I, I reflected to you, I just said the things that you have to push through, like being in people that are athletes and also people that are like mums mm. where you're just like, I've got to get the shit done. Mm-hmm. And that was what, why we like, we're like, we're better at taking ultimate fiber yeah. because we just I just was like I find no difficulty in it yeah I think the first time I had it I nearly gagged but after that I just was like like you said the benefits outweigh yeah most of the time in anything in life the benefits yeah. like whether I sit in plant medicine like it tastes terrible the ceremony generally is terrible for me but the benefits of what happens for me afterwards is like life-changing and it mm. outweighs that like I serve Cambo and Danielle can t- t- like contested this because mm. it's like the hour of hell oh it was, it was like well 20 minutes of the, it was like the worst <laughs> feeling of my life that for a whole 20 minutes i was like i why did i do yeah. this to myself but then afterwards you feel yeah. amazing yeah and it's just like you just shed 10 years of trauma from your body yeah. and i tell people it's like you may not do these bigger experiences but it's like you're living 10 years of little mini torment to yourself it's mm. like every day you're living a little hell when mm. you can just face yourself and a lot of people struggle to be in that level of either physical pain or mental pain or feel everything that's suppressed within their body mm. um yeah i think after a while like once you start to move into that space of like to say it basically like doing hard things you realize that when you do hard something something that's hard that is aligned you feel it's like such an expansion afterwards yeah. right like and it's like you i really feel like in many ways like like i can do anything because i've i've, I've gone into places that allowed me to do hard things and so it's like anything that i do now it like in any workout or whatever i'm like oh i'm breathing so you know anything's easy because i used to not be breathing <laughs> when i was training right or like I just know that it's like it will pass and I will feel better and like it's like you just focus on the benefit of what you're doing in the long term like even I even going into ayahuasca I wasn't scared because I was like I know it's like almost like a trust that you build in yourself yeah. that you know that you can handle yeah. it do you know what I mean and I, and it's been really grounding in like um just doing different plant medicines with me and Luca because I think something for him is like more kind of afraid of losing himself but I, I don't know I just have a really strong sense of 
reality and a sense of self where it's like I just feel like I won't lose myself in that space but I feel like that's just been a muscle maybe it's from past lives maybe it's who I am but I feel like but it's also like a muscle that you build and I say that to my clients it's like if you've never used you know your muscles before if it's going to be feel really fucking hard if you pick up 20 kilograms right and try and do a bicep curl but it's like you have to practice that muscle and this is even something okay I actually love to hear your perspective on this because I see this whole like the world is everyone's talking about anxiety at the moment and so many people have anxiety and um and it's interesting so I've 14 nieces and nephews and one of my nieces was saying yeah there's so many of us we're like rabbits um and so one of my nieces was saying to me um how she has like anxiety you know going to she's going into high school and I was like I don't even know if I had the vocabulary when I was her yeah. age to use the word anxiety and but you hear and a lot of my clients kids you know deal with that and it's almost like it's I'm not trying to bypass it it's not real but I think it's also this like not I'm not understanding that anxiety there is a feeling of anxiety in life you're gonna feel nervous to do things basically but it's not a bad thing to feel anxious Especially. right yeah would you say that like have you like yeah what's your experience on that (laughs) i think all these things and these feelings that we had have are just signals from the body yeah in terms of anxiety if you're looking at it from a more metaphysical stance it's generally when you're not in alignment or you're you're and it's like like you said it's natural to feel nervous like i think we've been taught like when it's generally what it goes back to is we're taught that all these lower level feelings are not okay Mm. and i've learned a lot this from a lot of different studies that i've done and in tantra as well where tantra is the encapsulating and allowing yourself in the human experience to feel all of the emotions Mm. whether it's heightened states of joy to really deep like pain and despair and heartache and depression but like all of that is accepted Mm. and I guess in society we're kind of like always leaning towards more the higher states where we have to be happy all the time Mm. and sometimes we're not happy and sometimes we don't want to be the comedian or wear these different masks and it's like it's knowing that it's okay like it's Mm -hmm. okay that you don't want to be the person entertaining everyone Mm -hmm. even though sometimes that's your hat that you wear and you're the comedian and you're the person that's just like providing information or whatever hat it is that you wear yeah um so it's okay like for your niece saying it's like it's okay that you feel nervous yeah. you're going into a different circumstance you're yeah. going into a place where there's going to be new people and new experiences mm-hmm. but i guess when we were younger social media didn't exist yeah and the internet didn't exist and there's a lot of labels around things where they're kind of deemed as a negative thing and it's just like depression is okay and it's just times when we're feeling low and yeah it's only when it's becoming like a constant state where we need to look at like what is I feel with anxiety a lot of the time it's where are we not in alignment to what we're doing mm. and what I touched on before with like even things that I wanted to bring into the world with business where every time I felt anxiety around it I just was like maybe this isn't in alignment with what I'm wanting to yeah. bring that's why it's bringing anxiety and the more you're in tune with your body and the more you're in tune with how you're feeling internally mm. which is a lot of the time we're so distracted and focusing on things external to us and that's how society has been created where there's so much distraction mm. to not allow us to stop and be able to go how am I actually feeling inside right now mm. and then that's okay and then being able to like 
like Vipassana has been the biggest teacher of that because you're in silence, there's no external distraction Mm. and you have to go within and go within and be like, how am I feeling about this? And Mm. sometimes it's uncomfortable and that goes back to like doing the uncomfortable things which people just don't want to do uncomfortable things. Yeah, yeah. Um, And like we both said, like I feel the discomfort even with uncomfortable emotions, they only last for like 90 seconds. That's true. Essentially. Yeah. If you sit with it and allow your, like building the muscle is actually like allowing your nervous system to expand into it. Your Mm. nervous system can expand, feel the full breath of that emotion. It's expanded. So the next time you feel it, you can be in that again. But (laughs) Welcome to the other side. Whoops. (laughs) Keep going. <laughs> but sometimes because we haven't allowed ourselves to expand, I was talking with a friend the other day, like I'm really good in pain. Like my nervous system expanded yeah, so say. much to pain, but I really struggle even when the Too Hot Tandle came out, I really struggled with people celebrating me and showing me love. And I just was like, wow, like I was really like my nervous system hadn't expanded to love. Mm. And that's also what I explained to a lot of my clients when they're trying to call in the money or trying to call in the man or like the, the lifestyle that they want. And the, half the time it does come, but when it comes because their nervous system can't hold that frequency, they generally do some sort of self-sabotaging yep. behavior yep. to not have it because they want to go back to the comfortability of the past normality, whether it's the terrible boyfriend or the certain level of money they can only achieve. And if you can't actually allow your nervous system to expand to receive that frequency, then that's what I'm working with a lot at the moment around receiving. And that's like truly being in your feminine because the mm. feminine receives. Mm-hmm. And if you can't be in your feminine, but then you're driving so much in your masculine to do all these things, mm-hmm. those things are going to come, but you can't hold it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. And like I, I, the way that you said that was really beautiful. And like you get, it's like, I think it's also like the reminder that we get to rewire the feeling that anxiety and, and also then, then if we're talking about anxiety, it's like, there's different levels of it, right? There's going to be the misalignment level, but then there's also going to be that I'm out of my comfort zone, like level, right? Cause it's like, whenever I'd go and compete, like I wanted to fucking shit myself and like leave. And like, you know, I remember, um, my sports psychologist said to me, um, cause he had worked with lots of Olympians over 10 Olympics. And, and he had said that, you know, a lot of the athletes would say like right before they go and compete at the Olympics, if there was a helicopter to come in and take them out of the stadium, they would have jumped right on it because you're <laughs> fucking petrified. Yeah, right. Yeah. And it, but like in that, it didn't mean that I didn't want to do it. It just meant that yeah. like I was, I cared a lot and it was something that was expanding me. And then it's given me like practicing that muscle has given me just this ability to apply it to other things. And then I think the thing that you probably resonate with as well is like when you, when you get used to doing the hard things, then sometimes the ease can feel hard, right? Cause it's like, oh, okay, I can go and do this hard workout and, you know, show up in this way and expand myself. But like, oh shit, now I have to receive. And that feels really overwhelming. And that feels really like almost jostling of the nervous system because you're used to the opposite. But then I think it's so important because we don't like always want to be in that. It's, it's not a constant state that you have to totally. be in, right? Yeah. And I want to like reiterate to people, we explain this a lot in Tantra because there's generally a lot of trauma involved. If it's something that 
you need to what i encourage the most is knowing yourself mm. because sometimes there's an upper limit that you shouldn't push yourself because mm. i've done it in the past and i've pushed myself then i've ended up in situations i shouldn't have been in which have been more detrimental than helpful yeah so it's knowing yourself and being like am i pushing my upper limit in this and is it actually that i'm not safe or is it just mm. because i'm scared there's elements sometimes and that's like a thing you need to discern within yeah. yourself and know within yourself whether it's just like is this an edge that i'm pushing to um actually push past something mm-hmm. and i can be safe in it or is it something that i'm actually pushing too far and i'm gonna end up in a like a nervous system breaking down kind of state yeah yeah i so we're not encouraging anyone no. to push themselves oh God, no. any more than you have to but it is it's like all of it everything that i work around is regaining your own power like your own power and your sovereignty mm. around making your own choices and knowing yourself well enough to be like is this for me or not mm-hmm. i get a lot of it with my cambo clients where either it's i'm like is it your ego that's saying you don't want to do this Mm. because a lot of the time it's your ego that doesn't want change or is it actually that there's a higher there's a lot of times where people can't discern between the intuition where they're like it's my intuition Mm -hmm. but it's not really the intuition at a deeper level it's just their ego not wanting change Mm -hmm. but sometimes there are moments where it's the intuition and generally i can feel into that but also whatever the choice they make in the moment yeah even yeah. if it is their ego, like that's getting so scared, maybe they're just actually not ready for it. And yeah. in terms of things like medicine, there's always just like divine timing. Yeah. But it's always, if you're not applying it to medicine, other things, it's like you can, is it like, am I just being scared because they don't want change and mm. I can safely do this? Mm-hmm. And there's always going to be a magical lesson that's mm-hmm. involved when yeah. I did like the filming of Too Hot to Handle, I was literally shooting my pants and it was the same as you. If someone brought a helicopter... You were like, I'm done. I I'm would gone. have gotten on that helicopter and it was just a really daunting experience for me because I've never been in that environment before and it was very different to what I'm used to, I guess. But I guess the part of me that was like, I'm going to show up and in the end, I actually ended up living out my worst nightmare, but I, I needed to have that experience. I guess everyone... Wait, me. living out your worst nightmare, how? <laughs> I'm not going to say exactly what happened. Yeah. But my worst nightmare was like that I would forget what I was going to say oh, and then I'd literally yeah. go into my... Uh, fight or flight response is actually like freeze. Yeah. So I was scared I was going to go into freeze response, forget what I was going to say. Yeah. And everyone that like was supporting me and my coaches and mentors were like, you're going to go on, your divine feminine is just going to come in and mm-hmm. you're going to just like channel what you need to say. And that didn't happen. Oh, and no. you're like, <laughs> I froze and exactly <laughs> what I thought would happen actually happened. Oh, um, but also that was perfect because what I realized was it happened. It was my worst nightmare and I'm not dead. Yeah. And I survived. Yeah. No one really cared. And it was just me creating like, this is literally like most of the time we're like, we're the only ones that are like, this is the worst thing ever. Yeah. I don't think anyone there that was filming with me would have necessarily experienced it the way I did. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, I got through it. And then the next day I was like, oh, I don't even care. Like, and I was I was glad that that happened yeah. in the end because yeah. it allowed me to experience that whatever we deem as these worst case scenarios, it's like people that have difficulty breaking up, mm, like breaking up with a partner that. that they know that they just shouldn't, whether the relationship's toxic or it yeah. just needs to end and they're 
they're just scared of the unknown because what's on the other side is more scarier than staying with the abusive partner yeah and like moving to another country or just the things it's like just the fear of the unknown yeah which is like the feminine like the feminine is the dark void of the unknown mm. and as we lean more into it there's no structure there's just kind of looseness yeah but that's kind of the magic we have to lean into because in the void is where manifestation happens mm. and if we're unable to go into that space then we're not really able to just create from a place of like pure potentiality mm. yeah i'm just like resonating with that <laughs> re- re- ruminating with that but it, it's so um it's so true and like what you're saying around oh my gosh i just lost my train of thought Oh yeah, well, that like having your worst nightmare. Like I think that's the well. This is what I love about you. Like you're willing to be like, here's the darkness. I'm gonna go straight in. But like so many people aren't willing to do that. But then there's so much power in that because I feel like the transformation that you're looking for happens at a rapid pace because you're willing to face the scariest thing in you. And I, I've seen this so much in people around like breakups when there's like soul destroy. You know, it can feel like soul destroying breakups. Um, and even like I, me and Luca face that potentiality where I was like, okay, like what if my worst nightmare happens and he leaves me for someone else, which is, I wouldn't say it's my greatest fear, but it definitely made me feel like my heart was broken. And then it's like going straight into that pain. It's like, okay, I'm going to feel all of this. And then holy shit, I'm going to be okay. Like I'm, I'm going to be alive on the other side because I think that so, so often when we like catastrophize things in our mind, we just see the big fucking scary thing and we don't realize that there's something beyond that and then we get beyond it just like the, the worst nightmare happened and you're like oh i'm still alive yeah and it's all good right yeah <laughs> great beautiful gifts are gonna come from that exactly I feel like the last it's been nearly a year now which i think every day i'm like oh I, I really should be over that and i had a breakup and despite all the really intense things i've done in my life has been one of the hardest things that i've had to go through and it's taken me into spaces where that person is it's not even about that person it's just the energy that they hold and it's taken me into the deepest parts of like rejection and abandonment Mm. which is a lot of what the feminine has to experience and it's it's so many layers of abandonment and rejection from my dad and from the masculine and from god and it's just Mm. i'm just like where is this going and through that it's given me so many gifts like i've returned back to australia and like now i'm getting to connect deeper with my family because i've been away for so long and it's allowing me to be my own person because i've been in relationship for so long and i guess a part of us always kind of i'm a person that gets lost in relationships sometimes and Mm. i'm so giving and i'm giving so much of myself and this year I'm just like my mantra is I'm not responsible for anyone else because unconsciously I'm so responsible for so many people especially in the line of work that I am and I just was like as women we're always giving so much of ourselves and we forget that we need to receive as well and I get to keep my cup full and Mm. if my cup's not full I can't be of service the way that I want to be and Mm. I'm trying to save everyone and that's not really like at the end of the day sometimes people actually just need to save themselves and it's been a hard reality that I've had to face isn't that hard you yeah. can't save someone who doesn't want to be saved totally and you feel like you're the failure and mm-hmm. you feel like you're abandoning people and mm-hmm. like every day I'm like oh am I a bad person like there's mm-hmm. so many things that society makes us feel like we're bad people whether it's like we're not showing up as the friend or the mother or the sister or whoever 
where it's actually just like I just need to show up for myself mm. and I just need to be selfish for a period of time and that's okay mm. and regardless of how people are perceiving me I've had to it's like a big boundaries thing I've had to say no to a lot of things I've had a lot of people like ask me certain things it's like over even the last few days I've been going through this thing about people asking me whether it's like people asking me to come on podcasts and if if I check in with myself and I actually don't feel in alignment with it mm. I just have to be like no it doesn't feel in alignment for me or mm. people asking me to do jobs or come to certain things whatever that is and it's just like a big boundary thing and if you're not honoring yourself mm. then people aren't going to have respect for you like you need to respect yourself in these spaces and then from that self-respect you're gonna like from honoring those boundaries you're gonna create more I don't know expansion magic whatever you want to say in your own life like I I, just before the podcast I was like hey can we talk about this and this you're like no I don't want to talk about that I was like okay (laughs) but like that was so good though because we were meant to have this conversation right and so it's like that's something that I feel like you do really well which is like something that I could probably learn a lot from you it's just taking a lot of time i'm i'm a long-term people pleaser yeah and it's i think it got to a point where people were actually walking all over me and i had to get physically ill because i was just giving so much and i just had like the universe put me in a position where all i could do was choose myself and i want people to realize that before they're having like major illnesses or major accidents Mm -hmm. or major financial problems where you can be like hey i can actually just choose myself day to day and not have to have these major blunders in life to make me realize that i actually just need to stop and choose myself Mm -hmm. and ultimately when you choose yourself like all the things are actually just going to come to Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. and it's a deeper trust and for me it was like in what way am I abandoning myself every day? I'm self-abandoning and that's been a big thing that I've worked through the last 12 months around. People are abandoning me because I, like everything within is without. And every way that I abandon myself, whether it's, I might be like, oh, my partners are abandoning me, but it's because I'm like eating the things I'm not supposed to eat or Mm. doing the things with friends that I don't really want to do Mm. and it's doing like micro auditing that that term came from a good friend of ours Victoria Bowman she taught me about micro auditing of going through your life with a fine tooth comb around the things that like because I feel like shadow work is just it's not a direct so if like with say with the abandonment piece it's not like I might be like, oh, but I'm not leaving people. But it's like, how am I abandoning myself? Mm. It's the energy of abandonment. Mm. So sometimes it's not a direct correlation to what the thing is. It's like, like, I don't know, people that like a really deep shadow in society say like pedophilia. Yeah, I'm going there. (laughs) (laughs) Go straight into it. You have a really big uh, trigger towards things like that. It's not that you are a pedophile, but it's the fact that there's innocence being taken. Mm. And it's like, where am I taking innocence from people? It may not be in a sexual way. Mm-hmm. And it's even like with past partners that have cheated on me, I just was like, I had to self-reflect. And I said, how am I cheating myself? Because mm. I was always like, yeah. that's not me. Yeah. Why are they reflecting this to me? Yeah. And it's self-responsibility and self-honesty to yourself. Like, Because I just was like, I've never cheated on anyone. But then I just was like, how am I cheating myself? Yeah. Yeah. And it's all these, whether it's like 
with money or with food or things like that or with other people like you, we're cheating cheating is a frequency or like abandonment is a yeah. frequency and it's like how are we doing those things in our life and yeah. we, we have to be deeply honest with ourselves mm. and look at ourselves in ways where we might dislike ourselves and then be truthful and honest and then compassionate and treat ourselves like a little child like mm-hmm. we wouldn't yell at a child mm-hmm the way for doing something wrong it's like why do we speak badly to ourselves Mm. and why aren't we able to treat ourselves with the same compassion that we treat others Mm. it's all that divine mirror right like i it's i love the themes in life like when you start to observe you know like and you would probably know this there's like themes that come up in conversations and you just start to kind of be the observer but in this like reflection it's just like it's not legitimate like you were triggered by pedophile so you're a pedophile like of course it's not that but you know i was talking with my mentor um earlier and it was about like a a desire for me to be seen more and then she goes well where are you not seeing yourself and you're like fuck me But it's true, right? Yeah, because you think about it, you're like, oh, it's so true. Because everything, if we truly get to the the depths of it all, everything is just a reflection of you. And so the more, this is what, I mean, the power of the inner work, right? We also get to play and just enjoy life, you know? But, like, the power of, like, it's all in business. It's all a reflection of you. And, like, the people surrounding you, it's all a reflection of you. And the greatest thing that you can do is be willing to look at those difficult things inside of ourselves and be willing to process them. Um, how do you, this is just coming to mind. How do you deal like when I know like the lowest frequency is shame. So what do you do or have you done with your clients to like shift through shame? Cause I know that I, I just see that in people lately. It's like that shame and that kind of ghosting energy, you know, when it's like the shame ghosting denial, like I don't even want to look at it. Yeah. How do you, how have you penetrated through that? I think there's a lot of naming the shame. So I think some people don't even get to the point of yeah. like, I feel shame around this. Yeah. Obviously you can do that with yourself first, whether it's journaling or just ref- like self-reflection. Um, certain practices that I've done, whether it's one-on-one or in group situations is when a person is seen. Like I think there's a big magic in being seen in your shame so speaking the shame yeah so it actually being verbalized and then being seen in it and then in being seen and then being loved the the key part is Mm. is being seen in it and knowing that you're still loved because that's the biggest piece people don't want to proclaim their shame because generally what it is is you're not going to love me anymore you're not going to think the same of me you're going to think I'm a terrible person and the amount of situations I've been in in a retreat or with clients where they've shared very horrible things Mm. and I guess for me because I think I've been around it so much there's not many things people could tell me that they've done like Mm. I've heard some pretty horrid things where I'm just going to be like it doesn't make them unlovable and Mm. the the core thing of people is whether they're going to be unloved and then also extradited from the tribe yeah so it's to not belong and not be loved Mm -hmm. so have the tribe like from primal days from have the tribe kick you out Mm. and then you're alone and it's very powerful i've done a lot of things in like um the bridge and some other retreats that i've gone to where we've had to proclaim our shame naked in a circle have people witness us Mm -hmm. 
and just literally the power of that of mm. having people witness me of me sharing something that I've never shared with another soul in my life saying it out loud and then realizing that people still love me like yeah. people still love you no one's judging you no one actually cares we're still a part of the group and yeah. the community and the profound shifts that I've seen in people especially at our retreats where they're just like I just thought everyone was gonna hate me yeah and I guess you have to be selective about that. You're not just going to go share yeah, any totally. group. Yeah, like Brene group, Brown, like be aware yeah, in of those groups of with, like right? the surrendering into the vulnerability of like this is, it is a large part of vulnerability of this is like the worst thing that I could ever say that people may hate me for. Mm-hmm. And then just if you think about it, you're carrying it. You're carrying that shame every single day and it affects large things, whether you know it or not, or it's conscious or unconscious of how you show up and how you live your life Mm. because you're constantly judging yourself for it. Mm. And it's like this dirty little secret that you carry with you. It's heavy. It's heavy. Energetically heavy. heavy. And that can manifest too in like weight or like disease or so many different ways. Totally. And you're changing the way you show up. You're changing like the language you use, the way you speak to people, because this thing is hanging over you. And there's this magic, like it actually looks like a cloud has like lifted off them and the sun is shining on their face. And this is like an hour later, like people drastically look different. Mm. Like they've just gotten a spray tan. And I say this often <laughs> after camper, I just was like, just in spray tanning you during the camper where they're just like, I feel so much lighter. Yeah. If you think about it, we're constantly carrying all these things and we're just unaware of it. And like you said, it can manifest as like weight and baggage and like, people with even just like bags under their eyes there's yeah it weighs down your vibrancy like debt too like financial debt like all this different people are shame ashamed about their debt especially in like this coaching (laughs) industry (laughs) i think a lot of people are like making out like they're doing well and they're not and they're just struggling when they just need to own that they're struggling and maybe i've seen a lot of people recently where i'm super proud of them where they're just like maybe i just need to go back and do a normal job for a while and there's actually no shame in that and it's just like supporting yourself and being able to like get your shit in order yeah so you're not struggling you're not trying to maintain this like lifestyle and facade because anywhere where there's just like pretending yeah over over time having to maintain that pretending is just you're consuming so much energy to have to pretend to be that person yeah when it's just like just be yourself like I think that's a big thing like be yourself and be authentic in whatever it is I think a lot of people say that to me of what I share on social media because I, I think it's just quite normal to me now where I'm just like this is what I'm going through I've been yeah. in the worst heartache pain I've ever experienced and uh, people get a lot of permission through that where yeah. I just was like I don't I'm all of it yeah sometimes I'm in my queen sometimes I'm in my depths and I don't see my vulnerability and weakness as a thing that determines who I am Mm -hmm. it's just an aspect of me sometimes I am sad and sometimes in a day I'm about five different emotions and five different people and by the afternoon I'm like pinging yeah and I'm motivated (laughs) and in the morning I was crying yeah that's okay yeah (laughs) because it doesn't determine who I am and I think a lot of people we're trying to keep like you said the facade of like we've got our shit together all Mm -hmm. the time and we don't need to how do you do that as a like someone who is a leader? Because I think it's an interesting conversation where it's like this balance of being authentic and vulnerable, but also like 
if you and you like position yourself as a leader you do want to like follow someone that's authentic too but you want to follow someone to a degree that has their shit together well like I could be wrong, but like yeah, I get it. Yeah, do you know, like because you don't want to feel like the person that you're is being guided by is like sloppy and like can't hold you. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. How do you navigate that? I, I share quite authentically. Yeah, in, you do in a I sense, like but I also because I get to experience the stronger sides of me. Like maybe yeah. if I was just stroppy and in a mess all the time, like I I know I probably wouldn't want to be facilitated by someone like yeah, that yeah but then they also see like I, I feel like I'm quite the spectrum yeah where I can and I also um reassure them that like I'm not and it's also if you're with it depends who you're with like if yeah. I'm with a client I'm not telling them like oh yeah obviously it's discernment around what you share like, and you can hold yourself really well yeah. through things that, that which is so true it's not like you're gonna be like slopping your shit over everyone and I've shared a lot recently on social media around like sacred silence around people oversharing like I think there's a sacredness in what you share online Mm -hmm. and who's hearing what like there is certain things that I share but I share it from a space of my intent is around empowerment Mm because there's always a full circle I might be like oh I was completely broken down but then these are the gifts I got yeah I'm not just being like I'm broken down and then full stop yeah and yeah. it's just like a full circle empowerment where I'm just like, these are the things that it has led me to, which is yeah. a lot of the beautiful feedback that I get. Cause they're like, Oh, it's really nice to see what can happen after really painful periods of time. Yeah. But then there's certain things I just won't share because I know people just don't, their level of consciousness can't receive what's happening for me. And mm-hmm. also it's a sacredness, whether it's between me and another person or me and God or mm-hmm. just me. Like, I think I need to, what I shared is a level of sacredness is lost when we try to interpret it through the intellect and we try to put words to something. It's like having an ayahuasca ceremony and trying to put words to what happens. Mm-hmm. It actually really loses the magic of it because mm-hmm. you're trying to share it from an egotistical like intellect. Mm-hmm. Where, like what's happening in there, there are no words. Yeah, no, it. no one will fully understand yeah, ever yeah. your human experience. Yeah, totally. We also have to remember that, and everyone <laughs> that we're looking at online, like you, as much as people might be the most open sharing people ever, but it's still not their whole experience, right? And everyone goes through the ups and downs, the hearts, and the beautiful things. Um, but I love that the way that you explain that of that discernment, and it's like the way that I see it, it's like you don't. It's not necessarily sharing from your gaping wounds, but sharing from your scars of like a place of like, this is what I've been through. This is what I've learned. Not this is what I'm going through and I'm desperate and I can't hold myself. Right. Yeah. Those stuff that I'm sharing right now is stuff that happened nine months ago. So I'm a very different person from when it was coming. So when my intent and what's actually the energy that's behind it is very different because it's not happening right now. Yeah. So I think sometimes when we share from when it's happening right now, I think sometimes, depending what it is, it's also like having that discernment around what your intent is. I think Mm -hmm. I shared last time is like the intent sometimes is for people to just be seen in it Mm -hmm. or have attention. So it's like, what is my intent? What is my intent Mm -hmm. to doing this right now? And like I shared in a different podcast, I was in hospital and there was a part of me that was like, I want to do a story saying I'm in hospital. Mm. Not not that there's wrong anything wrong with people who do do that, but then for me, I just said I actually just want sympathy right now, which is actually okay. Mm-hmm. But I just was like, I need to actually be with myself. I don't need to share this online. Mm-hmm. I don't need everyone to know what I'm going through because it's actually quite a personal experience for me. Mm-hmm. And maybe if I shared it in six months' time, as I've 
progressed from it and I'm mm-hmm. not in it anymore. It can be more from an empowering space as opposed to like me being just like sad and mm-hmm. needing attention in hospital. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's just sort of discerning with yourself of why we're doing certain things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have a beautiful way of leading yourself through your life. <laughs> I, I really like admire that about you and like the way that you kind of blaze the trail for yourself. And like what I love about you too is like the way that you activate other people. Like I feel like I'm activated when I'm around you in a place that's like, you, Natilla's never said anything to me like this, but I feel like it's just you being in your energy. And I think this is like the true beauty of someone being embodied and empowered. I feel like you being in your true authentic self has like given me permission to rise more into who I am. And like, I, I take responsibility that I've obviously done the work. Like it's not, it's not, it's yeah, not yeah. just Matilda, right? <laughs> but it's not like, you right now for everything. You've done. <laughs> Thank you. But it's like that. I think that's, it's like such a beautiful example of like, in, in one way, it's like you being in your full light is actually giving permission people for people to light themselves up. Do you know what I mean? And like, I've felt that in your presence, which has been such a beautiful thing. And I've heard that reflected to you. At least I've heard that reflected to you from other people as well. And so I just want to thank you because I love you for being that person. Do you know what I mean? Because you've fucking gone through it, man, to, <laughs> to get there, right? You put yourself through it. Yeah, and I think that's the the thing I was reflecting on that today because people don't see. People don't see what you do, like even yeah. you being an athlete. People don't see. People see the glory. People see the Olympics and the confetti spraying everywhere, but they don't see the tireless yeah. training. They don't see the depths of hell that we go through, the crying endlessly, and it's like, especially with social media, like they say, life is the highlight reel. People see five minutes of my day they don't Mm. see the rest of it they don't see what you're actually doing and Mm -hmm. I think that's the thing that we need to recognize sometimes that like the things that we actually go through and people like oh you're so happy and Mm. I just was like I'm happy and I'm calm not because my life is amazing which it is but it's also the things that I've gone through and it's the the endless nights of crying and it's the the pits of hell that I've sat in and darkness and gone within myself to feel and express all the the pain that I've experienced and I think you when you've been in that I feel like it's kind of like I have this unspoken thing with people I think I expressed that to you of this like it's like this you walk past people and you can feel the grounded (laughs) energy of like I know you've been through this shit yeah and it's kind of like this nod (laughs) as you walk past each other and I've had experiences like that with people where I feel the groundedness of like I had a chat with a friend the other day and she's a mother and I know she's a single mother as well. And I was Mm. just like, I don't know what it's like to be a mother, but I've felt the nights of just like loneliness and the struggle she's Mm. had as a mother. And even like with you of like the training and like competing and training and all of that, like having to go through things to be at a certain level. That's Mm -hmm. where we come back to like kind of of resilience of life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Where do you, what has been the, the, the darkest death that you have been through, if you want to share, <laughs> before we wrap up? Um. Month two clue for you. Oh my goodness. Are you excited, guys? If you have no idea what I'm talking about, welcome to DK Play. This is my year-long podcast game, which I'm revealing a keyword every single month. And when you figure out the keyword, you go into a prize pool every month. And then all of the 12 words make a sentence, which give you guys an exclusive offer at the end of the year. So I want to share the keyword for this month, but 
No, I'm not going to make it easy. <laughs> we have to like do a little bit. Last month we did a word scramble. So we're going to do a little, little something, something here. Um, I wanted to share with you guys my favorite, favorite Pixar movie. Did you know this is my, yeah, I would say it's, oh, I actually really love Pixar, but this is my favorite Pixar movie. And, and don't worry. We're like, why, why are you telling me this? We're going into the clue. So my favorite Pixar movie is one where there's these little creatures creatures in the brain um and basically they kind of like dialogue what it's like to be in the brain of a human being um and so i'm going to give you guys a little clue um in that well that is your clue basically it is from a pixar movie um and my favorite pixar movie where the little humans are inside of the brain and i think it's so like in the personal development world it's just, everything makes so much sense um you know there's happiness and sadness and um disgust and anger and the keyword for this month is in the first two letters of the name of that movie Okay, the first two letters in the name of that movie. So um, whatever the first two letters are in the name of that movie is the keyword for this month. If you know what it is, then send me a DM on Instagramable and you will go into the prize pool for February 2023. Enjoy, my friends. Let's get back to the podcast. Because you have been through a lot of metaphorical death. I've been through an actual death as well this year as well. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I think as much as, like, not people, not that people know the things that I've gone through, but probably this year, this relationship stuff yeah. has been heavy because relationship is the truest reflection of self. Mm. You can't be like, oh, it's the other person, but it's like the the depth of where love takes you of mm. having to see the deepest shadows and the deepest wounds within yourself. Like, mm. I guess you go through stuff in medicine, but it seems so like altered state. Mm-hmm. Like here is, I have to be present with it. I have to be here now with myself. And like, I think the journey of self-love mm. is such a deep, is such a deep wound for a lot of people. And I think it like stems a lot of things where people are trying to work through stuff. That's what it stems back to. It's the worthiness piece of like, mm. I deserve to be here. I deserve to be loved. I deserve all the things like mm. that are coming to me in life. And in like, I'm worth all of that mm. and having to conflict with yourself that you're not <laughs> or you are in life. But mm. that's probably been like the, I think matters of the heart. Mm-hmm. Like I can do the physical stuff. I can right? sit in meditation for hours true. and hours. I can like things. Yeah. Why I resonate with Cambo. Like I have such a warrior spirit, but when mm-hmm. it's just my fragile little tender heart that takes me into my inner child, that's sad. And mm-hmm. like those, like those things are harder. Like because mm-hmm. my heart is the shattering of the heart is so profound and it is it's the coming back to self and it's the coming back to actually finding that depth of love for yourself and not not relying on another to give you that or anything external to you and it's such a deep journey that we all face Mm -hmm. whether it's with love or our body issues or i know you talk about that a lot and it's just Mm -hmm. like how can we just love ourselves deeper in the compassion of us going back into our inner child and nurturing ourselves possibly the ways that our parents couldn't 
Mm. And it's a, mm. <laughs> it's a very, like, I feel like relationship and relationship. self-love is such a deep, fascinating, intriguing, yeah. heart-wrenching journey. Yeah. It's also beautiful and expansive and beautiful. on the other side. Yeah. I, I even like, I think in all the physical hard things that I've done, the challenges that I've been through in relationship, even just with Luca and like, those have been some of the hardest yeah. because emotionally it's just a different thing. Yeah. It's like physically your body can get through anything, but yeah. when you feel like your heart yeah. is split into two and you actually feel like you might die yeah. from heartache, <laughs> yeah. like it's a different feeling, right? Like it's something that's just incomprehensible, but also on the other side, like what we said before, it's like you also have this real it's also so liberating because you're like if I can hold myself through this even in my weakest of moments it also is the most empowering thing that you can go through in your life and liberating because it's like this it really is this choosing of yourself and like you said finding that divine union inside of yourself and relationship is an added bonus but it all starts within us right I feel like with all of that, I just feel like what I've gotten gone through in the last 12 months, I'm like, I can actually do anything. Like, right, right, it's yeah. like the Japanese art of when Wabi Sabi, when they rebuild yeah. the broken pottery with gold, because it's like the pain is the gold that puts us back together. Yeah. And in that, we're so much more powerful and we may be imperfect, but we're actually perfect even with our broken pieces and our nervous systems get to expand. There's so much expansion after the pain Mm. as long as we sit with ourselves in and there's so much self-love and devotion to sitting with yourself in that pain. Mm. The wisdom of Matilda. (laughs) Do you have anything left to share with us before we wrap up today? People always say this. I'm like, I'm thinking of something profound to say. Well, you have used all my profound. It's all done. I'm drained. Let's talk about poop. Orgasmic poop again. Did you have a good poo today? I actually did. Oh, I've had a really great one too. Yeah, there's a lot in, I've researched a lot and there's a lot in like the sphincter and anal play and like the expansion (laughs) of the sacral. Like there's so much magic to this product. (laughs) Wow, we're really just promoting Ultimate Fiber, Kenda, if you guys want to know. Um, I'll put a link. Um, And that just feels perfect that we're ending with orgasmic poos. (laughs) If you have never experienced <laughs> orgasmic poo, I highly recommend. It's really it satisfying to feel like <laughs> all the parts of you, you're like, wow, I feel clean on the inside. You, you know? <laughs> like my butthole feels this great. This is what we're ending on. Yep, this is what we're ending. This <laughs> is the multifacets of both of us. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank you for who you are. Thank you for being my friend. Thank you for being in my life. And thank you for being who you are. You. Thank you. Thank you for having me and thank you for everything that you are. (laughs) I feel like you'll blow people's mind. Amazing. Love you, Matilda. Welcome to the other side, beautiful souls. I so deeply appreciate you spending this time with me. My intention with this podcast is to uplift, love on, and inspire you and align my actions with this intention. But as with everything in the world of personal and spiritual development, take what feels good for you and leave the rest. As a white, able-bodied, cisgender woman, the perspectives I share here are inherently affected by my privileges. I'm actively invested in learning how to elevate and support lived experiences beyond my own, and I'm always open to and grateful for your feedback. I am listening. No matter who you are, where you're from, or where you're going, I see you, I love you, and you matter. So thank you for listening, beautiful souls, and I'll see you next time.